Welcome back to Primetime KC. On this week's episode, we will recap the Chiefs' Week 13 loss on the road in Green Bay. That puts them down to 8-4 on the season. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interesting takes about that. We're going to go over the Week 14 NFL slate, give our Lock of the Week and Underdog of the Week predictions. Um, Josh, give us the standings. I know you're excited to do this. I'm not. I'm, like, nervous. <laughs> like, when... Uh, Jackson sucked in lock of the week. He has he has two straight losses. He's six six and one, followed by me at eight four and one, and John is nine and four. For underdog of the week, I am still winless. <laughs> this is starting to get scary. I thought you had Cardinals. Uh, no, nope. oh, I wanted lock? to take them. Uh, no, Cardinals that was John's. Is my lock. Oh, I who? wanted to take Cardinals. Oh, okay. So never mind. Is that why you thought I'd be happy? No wonder. No. Yeah, you're not excited to be on this. Yeah, no, I'm fucking scared and nervous. <laughs> and I'm happy because I damn near took Cardinals underdog, and I'm very happy I took them lock instead because that is much more valuable for me at this point. Seeing as Josh literally can't come back unless he wants to go on the craziest streak of all time. Oh, so. yeah, if I come back, this will be insane. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm 0 and 13. Jackson's 3 and 10, and John's 6 and 7. I've cooled down a little bit, but I still like my record. I've already accepted the half beer mile. I just don't want to make it a full one. Well, I might have bailed you out uh, on lock of the week. So as long oh, I'm as talking can, about as long as you can win one underdog, you'll be fine. Yeah, but we've went 13 fucking weeks without me hitting one. So I what's five more weeks really? Well, I've got one just for you. Thursday night football, Patriots at Steelers. Steelers are six-point home favorites. Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi on primetime. I will not be watching or... It's Bill Belichick versus TJ Watt. (laughs) The graphic, that was funny. Uh, Yeah, I'll take Pittsburgh in like a 14-3 game. I might do it. (laughs) I might do it. Oh, God. I really don't want to, but I'm looking at all these lines, and I'm like, I know the one game that I think Jackson will probably take for underdog of the week isn't going to get to me just because. But there's another game. But at the same time, this is when Bill Belichick just pulls something out of his ass and beats the backup quarterback for the Steelers. Fuck. I'm you like... You got to do something. John, I'll let you pick first. Can you, can <laughs> oh, you pick my first? God. No, you can't do that. You have to go you in order. You have to go in order. You gotta order. either take oh, it. Oh, shit. Um, I'm gonna hold. I'm okay, gonna I'm hold. gonna take the Patriots underdog of the week. <laughs> Damn it, motherfucker! <laughs> I hope it hits. Um, I hope it hits. I really do too, because this would be hilarious. Uh, I got a win betting against the Steelers last week in lock, so I'm feeling pretty happy with this. Um, there's not a ton of Great ones, and there's one really obvious underdog that I don't think will be around. Oh, it was going to get to you. But I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were you going to take Patriots no matter what? Yeah, if you didn't take it, I was taking it. Okay. Mm. Okay. I think the Steelers will win, but it's definitely my best option. I don't want to take the Jets against the Texans, so. Moving into Sunday, Bucks at Falcons. Falcons are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I don't really have a strong read on this. Ritter is a much better quarterback at home than he is on the road, so I feel more confident in Atlanta here. 
Um, but I, I just feel like this is a game that when they show on Red Zone, I'm not going to pay attention to. I'll take Atlanta to win an ugly NFC South game. Uh, give me... I'll take Atlanta as well. I don't. I I think when you look at this Vikings team, they barely uh, gone by the Panthers uh, last week, and I think the Falcons at six and six is fucking insane. I mean, you have to realize this is a huge game for the division. Yeah, it is. So yeah, it give is me the Falcons the at home for Tampa Bay. It no, is the division. Oh yeah, for Tampa Bay. For Tampa yeah. Bay, losing this game would be catastrophic. It would put them in a spot to where they don't see Atlanta again this season. Um, earlier in the season, it, Atlanta beat them in Tampa Bay. So this is Tampa's season. Okay. How worth it is it to even – and I, I'm not saying you're saying anything wrong. I'm just saying how worth it is it even to make the playoffs as the NFC South team, you know? Like, to, almost seems like you want to lose. As an organization, yes. As a coach or player with your job on no. the line, a.k.a. No. literally every coach and player in that division, it matters a lot. Yeah, yeah agree. Uh, I will take the – Buccaneers, not Panthers. Buccaneers over the Falcons. Um, you know, I don't know. Falcons are really inconsistent. They pissed me off last week. I started John U. Smith and Bijan Robinson in one of my leagues, and they gave me like a combined 15 points. So that was great. Um, I'm not really a fan of the Falcons. Let's go, Bucks. Game that is preseason, you would have thought the complete opposite, but now looks one way. Colts at Bengals, and to be noted, the Bengals have not played Week 13 yet as we record this, so the Bengals could either pull off a huge upset against the Jags or get killed and this line will move, but at the point we're at now, it's Indy minus 2.5 at Cincinnati, and guys, I think it's time we just get the inevitable out of the way that the Colts are going to make the playoffs. They have Cincinnati, home against Pittsburgh, Atlanta, home against the Raiders, and then home against the Texans. And as of right now, they're in. So they could, at this point, I keep wanting to fade them, but they keep making the playoffs. So I'll take them to win here. Um, but it is hard to pick when you don't know how Cincinnati's going to look. I don't know I, what I think it's easy them. to know what they're going to look like. I think they're going to struggle. Uh, I think... I think the Colts easily win in this game as well. I think I think the Cincinnati team is really going to struggle without Joe Burrow, and it gives them a good draft pick for next year. So they'll probably end up with fucking Marvin Harrison Jr. for all <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. And then they'll let T walk, and then they'll be, all right, well, let's just sign Jamar, and we'll be good because we have Marvin for five more years. That is not the scenario I want to see. That scares the piss out of me, Josh. Um, I know it, it's not – I don't want to see it either, but it's – very yeah, realistic no, luckily, because they'll get luckily the NFL is so bad and there are so many bad horrible no good teams this year that Cincinnati already won too many games I think they're not going to get I know but I'm telling you but they, they are going to be... get a top 10 pick I bet they exactly. pick around and then they could trade it up I don't even know if it would be worth it I mean that dude out of Washington if they let T walk how do you how do you say the dude's name out of Washington the receiver oh, I know who you're talking about that dude oh, that dude could end up being yeah. just as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. Like we're not... I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is overrated. Don't get me wrong. Well, I'm just saying it's not like there's one fantastic receiver in this class and the rest of the class is ass. This wide receiver class is fucking loaded and it's I mean it's it's becoming loaded every single year now. And if you have the 7th pick or if you have the 3rd pick I don't think it's that big of a difference, even though I do think Marvin Harrison is a great Marvin Harrison Jr. is a great receiver. I, you know, 
Cincinnati's going to get a top-end talent. They might get Brock Bowers. I mean, imagine that. To have a fucking versatile tight end, something they really haven't had. It would be, yeah. It's It sucks right now for Cincinnati, but this could shape up to benefit them in the future if T. Higgins walks. Um, yeah, I am going to go with the Bengals in this game. Um, I think they're going to pull this one off. Um, I don't know, man. The Colts, as, as you say, they're in a playoff position. I think there's plenty of room for them to fall off. Um, but I also really have not watched the Colts much at all. Um, but from what I get, I think this game's a bit of a toss-up. So, screw it. I'll shake it up and go Bengals. I think... A lot of people, and deservedly so, will say D'Amico Ryan should be coach of the year, but I would argue it should be Shane Steichen. Because, yes, uh, what Houston's done is remarkable, but, I mean, Stroud is crazy. I mean, that dude is nuts. To almost, If you get this team to the playoffs with Gardner Minshew, it, you should be a guaranteed coach of the year. They've done an excellent job in Indianapolis after last year's joke that was Jeff Saturday. Yeah, All right, okay. another noon game, and another team we haven't seen yet this week. Jaguars at Browns. Currently, Jaguars are three-point favorites in Cleveland. This Cleveland team is just different at home. Their defense gets destroyed on the road, but when this team is at home, they've allowed three points, three points, 17 points, zero points, 10 points. It's a completely different defense. On the road, they've allowed 26 They've allowed 28, 38, 24, 31, 29, and 36. It's a completely different team at home. Uh, and for that, I'm going to pick Cleveland. I actually like Cleveland to win this game. I think that they have a ground-and-pound mentality that can beat Jacksonville. Yep. I think when you look at this game, though, Jacksonville has been playing really good ball. They haven't lost on the road this year. And I think... There are pieces like Calvin Ridley and ETN and even Trevor Lawrence, you can say, are really heating up. And for that, I'm going to go Jaguars to win. I think I really do like this line, but I'm not going to touch it. Um, Yeah, I'll go Jaguars to win here, too. Um, uh, shit. I really was not impressed with the way the Browns played last week, uh, even though they kept it close with the Rams. Um, for a little bit, complete, yeah, kept it close for a little bit and completely fell apart at the end. Um, and didn't really bring the defensive fire that they usually have. Um, you know, I don't know if it's being packed in over there. I will take the Jaguars to win. Um, but I'm, I think they will make relatively easy work of Cleveland. I would hammer the under of 36 and a half. I would absolutely hammer it. Fifty degrees. I like that. And fifty I think degrees and rainy of, is game time weather. And this. Cleveland, and I think people. Sorry. I was just say this I Cleveland should, team is built for shitty weather. Yeah, and I think that people have kind of underrated Jacksonville's defense as well. Um, they're they're a pretty solid unit. It's one point. of the biggest reasons that their record is what it is right now. All right, Texans at Jets. Texans are six and a half point favorites. Is it crazy that I think this line's a little too high? Six and a half. I get it. The Jets are anemic on offense. They have very little life to them. But you're talking about a rookie quarterback who is great. I'm not saying Stroud's not. But against this Jets defense that has, for the most part, had their way with every quarterback they've played. 
I like Houston to win this game, but I would probably rate this closer to a field goal in a low-scoring, ugly, typical Jets game, like a 16-13 Texans win. I just don't see the Texans putting up 40-plus, 30-plus in New York against this defense. Yeah, I'm tempted to go lock of the week here. I think I'm going to steer away from that. But when I'm looking at it, I think losing Tank Dell is obviously a huge it loss is, for the yeah. Texans. They keep Nico Collins. They have Dalton Schultz. They have uh, Noah Brown. No, they Noah Brown. yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. And then Devin Singletary has decided to start looking really good recently. When you look at the Texans team, I expect them to make the playoffs as a wild card or win the division as they're in the fight for, with the Jaguars, to say the least. If the Jaguars won today, I think it's almost over. But with that being said, I'm going to go Texans to win. I kind of like where Jackson's coming from. If this was four and a half, I think I would take Houston. But uh, It's a lot of know. points for a rookie. It just is. It is. Yeah. Um, I am going to take Houston to win this game. I don't think Jets is a terrible lock of the week contender for anybody. Um, it's a whole touchdown. That That isn't necessarily something that the Texans have cruised to this year. Um, they play a lot of one-score games. In fact, pretty much all of their games have been one-score games besides some of the earlier ones. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty recently they've been keeping it close. Um yeah, I'll take the Texans to win. I'm not quite going to fire it off, but I don't hate that uh, the idea of Jets plus six and a half here. This past week against Denver was just the second time this season Houston has won a game that they were favored, or has covered the spread in a game that they were favored in. They cover a mm-hmm. lot as underdogs, but they very few. They've covered this week against Denver. A nail biter, and they covered against the Cardinals a few weeks back. But for the most part, this team has been profitable as a dog and not so much as a favorite. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Interesting game that could go a few different ways. Uh, Rams at Ravens. Ravens are seven point home favorites. I could see this being another Ravens blowout home victory where they win like 38 to 10 and the Rams are just overmatched. But I could also see this game being competitive the Rams while they haven't been playing you know top-notch competition they look good in Stafford for the first time really since the Super Bowl looks actually comfortable and healthy he just looks right again he just didn't look right all of last year he looked uncomfortable at times to start this year he missed a little bit of time and he comes back after the bye week and I've just loved what I've seen out of Stafford so you know I'd like Baltimore to win this game but I think that seven's too many points. I like this to be one of the better games of the week. I hope. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could see Baltimore kicking their ass. But I, I'm just going to go out there, and maybe I'm a little too optimistic, but I think this is going to be a good game. Yep, Rams, underdog of the week. All right. Yeah. Um, I, sorry? Uh, I was going to say I agree with Jackson. I think they've been playing really good ball since Kyron Williams came back. Puka Nakua, he does have an AC sprain. Still expected to play Sunday. Cooper Cup. First time in like three weeks he didn't get hurt during the game. So maybe he's going to come into this week feeling a little bit healthier than the last few games. But with all that being said, something that does need to be talked about is the Ravens are coming off a bye. Everyone's fully rested and healthy. But I think when you look at the Rams, they're just playing really good football right now. Winning in what, two? Two in a row? But like, I think think we've all know like the Rams are the new Bears of this podcast. 
we we like talking about the Rams as much as we did the Bears in the past. Yeah, but we don't. Nobody on here hates the Rams or talks shit on the Rams, so they can't. No, really but I feel like I. But I feel like we're always talking about the Rams. Hey, one so, more win, one more win, and they hit that. One season more win, over. and the podcast is right. They they hit that season over with plenty of time to go, and they still have the Commanders and Giants on the schedule. Yeah. So with that being said, I think the Rams could have a, be- a good chance. Uh, I think we all know the one line the Jackson's probably going to be picking. Uh, so. Yeah, give me the Rams. Lions at Bears. Lions are three. Speaking okay, of the Bears. hang on. Oh, hang oh on. yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, my bad. Um, yeah, shit. I'm gonna be honest, man. I had Rams plus seven queued up as my uh, lock of the week. Um, but the thing is, do I really want to ride with a Josh underdog of the week? Because <laughs> it feels like I'm really limiting my possibilities here. Um, shit. I, I look. One reason that I like this line is I think the Rams are very much in like a like a fight or flight situation. Um, they get a couple of wins to put them on track here, um, and or got a win last week to put them back on track. And they're definitely like looking on the outside, looking in of the playoff picture, but in striking distance. Um, so I like them to put up a pretty good fight here. Um, and yeah, with Matt Stafford coming back, they look better. Ah, screw it. I'll take them. I want to take dogs. I'll take Rams plus seven. Lock of the week. It makes me feel good about myself. Good uh, job. Makes me a big Ravens Makes me think week. I have a chance. I'm a big Ravens guy, I guess, this week. Uh, yep. Lions at Bears. Lions are three-point road favorites. Surprise this line isn't a little higher, but I kind of get it. The last time these two played in Detroit, Chicago, for the most part, dominated that game and then just gave it away at the end. Uh, but I do like Detroit in this situation. It is scary. It's golf outside of a dome in the winter weather where he's historically not great. But I just think this Detroit team is better coached, um, better skill position play, better line play than Chicago. The only way I see Detroit losing this game is the way they almost lost it against to, uh, the Bears the first time. And it's if golf has a golf turnover type day. I like Detroit here. I like them to win on the road in top Chicago. Yeah, I agree. I think this line's a little close to what we expected. But when you look at it, the Bears did play the Lions really good in uh, Detroit the last time they played. I think the Lions recently, in my opinion, haven't been playing the best of football recently. But with that being said, I like the Lions. And fuck it. Lions minus three lock of the week. (laughs) So Jackson shocking the world, picking the Lions, even though they're an... uh, a uh, divisional road favorite. I guess you didn't take him lock of the week, but um, Josh did. I agree with both of you guys, though. I definitely considered taking the Lions, um, and I'm very much like a Josh Dobbs hater, um, so I'm not like too convinced of the Bears' last win. What? Um, oh. The, not a Josh Dobbs hater, but a Josh Dobbs isn't good um, yeah. preacher. Um, so I'm not look at, like I said, that game doesn't make me too excited over, over the bears. Um, having said that, I guess the lions haven't been perfect recently either and slowed down a lot yesterday after a blazing start. Um, so we'll see what happens if they don't have that support, but I, I liked this pick for my lock of the week. Um, I'm glad I didn't hang around for it. Um, cause Josh took it, which is what I was going to do last week too. So thanks Josh. You're welcome. Uh, Panthers at Saints. Saints are five and a half point favorites. 
I have no feel for this game, really. Um, Carolina, with their new head coach, lost last week again. They did cover for anyone that was bold enough to put money on the Panthers. But, yeah, I don't really have a feel for this game. New Orleans is kind of in the same boat Tampa is this week where they really need to win to keep pace in the division, Um, even though they still have a game against Atlanta left. This is one of those games you got to win. I mean, the, the Saints' next two games are home games against the Panthers and Giants. If you lose either, the season's probably over. So that I, it's must-win territory for that team. I'll take New Orleans regardless if it's Winston or Derek Carr. Josh? Sorry, Josh. Sorry. On, Josh. I, I, sorry. I was thinking that was John's uh, turn. My bad. Yeah, give me the Saints. I think when you look at this, it's pretty obvious. Uh, fuck the Panthers. I thought I was going to get my first underdog of the week win <laughs> yesterday, but fuck them. <laughs> uh, I'll take the Saints. The Panthers are butt. Um, Frank Reich definitely like probably deserved the sack, but uh, having said that, he also I don't think it's gonna immediately be fixed by firing him. Um, so I'll take a lackluster Saints team to prevail over an even more lackluster Panthers team. I don't think Frank Reich was the problem in Carolina. I'm not. I saying, agree, and that's not to say he was the solution, but. I think their owner is a impulsive and kind of a Jim Ursay type where he just makes rash decisions. And I, yeah, I, I feel bad for those fans. I feel bad for Bryce Young. That franchise is in a really, really bad spot. I, I think the thing is, is, I mean, the, the one thing that I think goes against Frank Reich is every gosh dang chart of the like receiver separation or like balls thrown to open people. Um, Bryce Young is like definitely in the spot you don't want to be. Um, yeah. So whether Bryce Young is garbage um, or the Panthers can't really scheme anything together, uh, maybe not the worst decision in the world, but also I probably wouldn't have hired Frank Reich in the first place. Um, so that's the other consideration. I think that, you know, you did talk about the separation, but I also think they just have, outside of Thielen, the uh, Chiefs, worse, maybe worse than the Chiefs level receivers. I mean, good God, that receiving core is bad, but we'll see how yeah, things go. For sure. They better hit. Mm-hmm. They better hit. If they better, if I were them, I would do anything possible to get Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator in Carolina. But if I'm Ben Johnson at the same time, it better be a goddamn payday or I'm not going to Carolina. All right, let's move into the afternoon slate. I, I was going to say, oh, uh, I just wanted to mention about it too with the owner. Have you seen the video of him talking about how he was like, I wanted to pick CJ Stroud, but I'm not saying I, I'm not believing in Bryce Young. He just keeps saying that. He's like, everyone wanted Bryce, but I wanted CJ, but I went yeah. with what the what the front office wanted. Which is such He's bullshit. Like, you know, it's like it's like, dude, just say you didn't want Bryce. It's Fuck. just such bullshit. It's like, a if he actually really wanted that, who was to he stop him? He could have done it. Who and nobody. That's him? what made no sense. So, so that's clearly a lie. If he wanted C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud would have been a Carolina Panther because nobody would have outruled him. He's the damn owner of the team, so he can go. And what good does it do Bryce Young to hear that? Like, yeah, we fired all the people that were you know in on Bryce and. You know, hopefully we can get some people to fix him, but I, it's a shame we got him. It's like, holy shit, man. That dude's career is in shambles. 
Vikings at yeah, Raiders. You... 305. Vikings are three-point favorites on the road. Um, no strong feelings. Raiders coming off of a bye, but uh, I think Minnesota is too. Yeah, both coming off of a bye. No strong feelings. I'll take Minnesota to win, but no real opinion on it. I think the Raiders win. I think I like Justin Jefferson coming back, but when you're looking at it, I don't know who their quarterback's going to be, and that was hideous from Josh Jobs. Give me the Raiders. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings only because I don't trust the Raiders at all. Um, I think maybe the the ding dong, the witch is dead honeymoon period uh, with Josh McDaniels has ended. Um, but you never know. It could be a close one in the Raiders if they get a win. Weirdly move into a place where they're not terribly far from playoff contention. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Vikings get this one done. Next game up, Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers are 10.5-point favorites. I've learned my mistake. Um, I'm going 49ers 10.5, underdog of the – or, uh, not, excuse me, lock of the week, uh, minus 10.5. Don't like taking big numbers, but this is clearly the best team in the NFL. And unless they just shit down their leg, there's no reason they won't dominate Seattle the same way they did on Thanksgiving in Seattle. Um I don't know how a team's going to beat this team unless injuries happen. I'm just, at this point, they're the best team in football, and I don't think it's close. What they just did, I get it. Like, they thinking they were going to win in Philly wasn't crazy, even though I was on Philly. I didn't think you guys were absolutely, like, bonkers for thinking it was possible. But to see them go into Philadelphia and beat them by that much, and it was embarrassing. That's with a quarter... The first quarter, which I jumped to too early of a ha-ha, I was right moment. Uh, the 49ers had no yards in the first quarter, and they still put up 42 points. I, I don't see how, unless my jinx powers come to the rescue, anybody beats this 49ers team. Give me San Francisco minus 10.5. I hope they lose. That would be fucking hilarious. It, you know, <laughs> it, it could happen, but they're yet to lose with Trent Williams in the lineup. 9-0. and Uh, yeah. Josh, sorry, I keep forgetting. Wake give me, up! Give me forty nine. Give me forty nine easily. I agree with Jackson's pick, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, I am gonna go with the forty ers as well. Um, and this was another contender for lock of the week. So good thing I didn't wait for it. Um, yeah, I am a big Niners believer. Um, I said last week I think they're the best team in the NFL. Um, I think that's kind of like the widely accepted opinion at the moment. But remember that we've gone on the biggest carousel of anointing the best team in the NFL. I think I've probably heard like eight different teams called the best team in the NFL this year. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are right now. The Niners are crazy dangerous. Um, and I, I think they're a clear step ahead of uh, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and honestly, to a certain degree, everyone else in the AFC. When they're healthy, they are. So good. It's terrifying. Broncos at Chargers. Chargers are two and a half point home favorites. Um, man, I mean, if there's ever a coach who deserved to get fired after a win, it was Brandon Staley last week against the Patriots. Six nothing, really, against the 2023 New England Patriots. Absolutely despicable. I like Denver. Yeah, this line makes no sense. I think this is going to be one of the most bet lines. And I think it's going to be Denver plus two and a half. If it would have been Denver plus three and a half, that would have been my underdog of the week. 
but it's not. I still think Denver gets it done. Yeah, I'm going to take Denver simply because I just cannot live with like betting on Brandon Staley at the moment. Um, everything says this shouldn't be the case. And Denver honestly delivered a pretty unconvincing performance last week. Um, I think that the Texans are a little more vulnerable than people think they are, especially with Tank Dell going out mid-game and no Dalton Schultz. Um, but I'll take them here because I just don't trust the Chargers. Um, I really think they're just running roughshod into – like regretting not firing Brandon Staley for that mistake in the playoffs last year, even more than they already do. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I can't trust them one single bit. I'm taking the Broncos. All right. It's time to get into it. Bills at chiefs. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. I personally love Buffalo in this game and it's sad. Cause I, I liked Buffalo in this game before the Packer or the chiefs lost to the Packers. So now this loss would hurt even more, but I really do like Buffalo in this game. I think Buffalo is a better team than Kansas City, uh, and it doesn't really scare me that it's at Arrowhead. I, mean, I don't think it scares the books either. I mean, Kansas City isn't even catching the typical minus three at home, and it's against a team that's six and six. Uh, I, yeah, I, this is Buffalo's season on the line. They have to win. I do like Buffalo to go to Kansas City and win. At this point, the Chiefs are what they are, and... I would love to be proven wrong and love to be called an idiot in February. But when I said after that London game or that Germany game against the Dolphins that that was my point where I realized they can't win the Super Bowl, it's gotten worse. I feel even less confident today than I did that day. It is just they're going to have to hit on receivers this draft or bring in guys cuz it's there's nothing this offense can do outside of screen games and trying to get 5 to 6 yards at a time. There's no explosiveness. And teams are adjusting. There's just nothing the Chiefs can do, in my opinion, this year to get out of the AFC. And I think Buffalo, with their season on the line, comes in and wins this game. Yeah, Buffalo is definitely the best 6-6 six and six team in the NFL right now. I think they're going to be coming in pissed off the way that they've been looked at, especially coming off two really bad losses against the Broncos and Eagles. And I think they're going to beat the Chiefs as well. I think this is not a good time for the Chiefs. Uh, I will say this. I mean, Mahomes has done insane with the, what he has. I agree with Jackson. We're going to have to get receivers in the offseason or in the draft. Uh, I think it's going to be really close. I think this is going to be a like a 24-21 kind of game. I think two and a half is a good line. But with that being said, I'm going to take Bills as well. Um. Sorry, unfortunately, not going to make the clean sweep. Um, I I will ride again with Kansas City. Um, I definitely have leaned further in the Jackson direction following that Packers game. Um, I think it largely exposed the weakness of the Chiefs, which is that um, I I don't think you have the same trust that when they fall behind, like they're going to have the firepower to battle back. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with the assessment from Jackson um, on the lack of explosiveness and just general threat from wide receivers. Um, however, game is in Kansas City. Um, Chiefs defense had a bit of a an off performance against the Packers, I'd say, um, but not terrible altogether. Um, I, I think that they'll be able to keep this game close enough um, and the Chiefs will make enough plays to get it over the line. Um, the Bills obviously have their backs all the way against the wall. Um, but the Chiefs do as well to a certain degree. Um, if they lose this game, I mean, you don't really know exactly how things are going to go the rest of the year. You'd be within a game of Denver. It does look like we'll have the tiebreaker over them. Um, but 
you know, it's still not necessarily a time of the year where the Chiefs can start coasting. Um, so I think both teams are going to be pretty scrappy in this one. Um, but I'll take the Chiefs to squeak it out. Um, I think it, it's going to be a one-score game either way, though, I imagine. Um, and I think it speaks to how little, like, dominance there is across the AFC here. Um, because I, I don't think there are many teams where I feel like they're going to blow the Chiefs, many playoff teams, rather, that I would predict to beat the Chiefs. But also, there aren't many that I would take, like, you know, a cheap spread to beat them. Because um, I think the margins are that thin at the moment in this in this conference. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll take the Chiefs, but I think it'll be a close one for sure. Do you think there's any chance, either of you, any chance that by next this time next month that the wide receiver core is good enough to win the AFC? No. Um, I mean, to be honest, man, like, I think it already is good enough to win the AFC. Mm. I mean, I, I think, I think that you just encounter, um, like if there are performances where this team's just not going to be good enough to win, I think that's obvious. I think there are also ones where they can put it together, um, and scrape enough to get it done with the way that this defense can play. Um, I also think, I mean, the Chiefs have kind of hinted at it. This is a horrible thing to bank on. Um, but the Chiefs are basically load managing the hell out of Kadarius Tony. Um, yeah. And if you wonder, you can get, you know, a game or two out of him. I mean, that's obviously a guy that we know is dangerous with the ball. Um, and in the like five snaps he was given against the Eagles, um, he did make a difference. But it's just too difficult. I think I think they they can win the AFC, sure. Um, but it's not something where I would be like, you know, high conviction, like we're the best team. Teams are really going to have to, you know, scrap and claw to get past us. Like, I mean, I don't think the Chiefs are in that situation that they've been in years past for sure because of the receiving core. Yeah, and I also just think it, this is a, a bad way to think about it as a fan. I get that. But I think if they were to win the AFC or go to, and go to the Super Bowl or perhaps even win the Super Bowl or even maybe just win a couple playoff games, that – it would be less likely we make drastic changes than if we're like a wild card or second round exit. And then it's like, okay, clearly well, changes has to happen. It's, it's harder for one to make change happen whenever you win anyway. And I think that's what happened last year is like Veach was like, well, we got rid of Tyreek and look, we still went on to win the Super Bowl. Mahomes can make it work with anyone. And that sort of thinking has kind of put us in the spot we're at today where it's like, we have very little reliable receivers. I mean, I agree with that, but I also think where the biggest miscalculation came was just that I think this team believed they would get more out of Sky Moore. I think they believed they'd get more out of Kadarius Tony. I believe they think 100%. they thought they would get more out of MVS. 100%. I mean, I, I think, I think that is something we'll learn now that if we, we cannot stick with this exact mold, right? These guys did not pull us over the line. Um, but I, I don't think that there's any way where you have to be like, oh. Uh, it's such a big problem. Like, like for example, my soccer team, I I literally feared for us to lose so that they would fire the coach. And this is a much smaller version of it of, you know, saying maybe, maybe, you know, going a certain distance in the playoffs without winning the whole thing isn't worth it because, you know, we need to make this change. I don't think it's that pressing of an issue at the moment um, because I think that they know. And I think Mahomes knows. Like, I think you could tell uh, in Mahomes' face – walking off the field yesterday and multiple times where he was just like, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> seriously, that he can't, he doesn't have any trust and he shouldn't. I mean, look, the one time he trusted Sky Moore, 
He, oh my he completely God. fucked up a route, and it, it led to an interception. And the one time he trusted Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he fucked up the route, and a ball, a perfectly thrown ball dropped like it was a terrible pass. Um, and I know this sounds like a Mahomes can do no wrong type thing, but um, I, I think both of those plays were largely uh, there the is fault of no words for two. how bad Sky Moore ran that route on the, mm-hmm. on the interception. It was bad. Because... When I when you're watching it in real time, you're like, oh, this is gonna hit. Like the defensive back doesn't like doesn't even know where the ball is. And then as the play's unfolding, you're like, holy shit, the defensive back tracked that ball better than Sky Moore did. Like the mm-hmm. the, the corner for Green Bay, Keyshawn Nixon, who's mainly a special teamer. I'll let you guys know that guy is mainly just a return artist. <laughs> He's only playing corner because they're so banged up at corner right now. That he can track the ball better in the air than Skymore. Skymore never even saw the ball in the air. So yeah, it's it's bad. It's to the point to where I think like after the Super Bowl that lost to Tampa Bay, when the offensive line play was so clearly bad that you had to make a change. I think we're that bad at the receiver core right now, where it's like okay, like you couldn't even sweep this under the rug or maybe just add a piece or two. It needs revamped completely, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so- and I. I think, well, the one last point I'll make, too, is I think another thing that's kind of backfired on the Chiefs that people haven't talked about is, like, the way we set up our O-line this year. When you say O-line, we yeah. restructured that a lot after 55. Um, and I think Juwan Taylor looks to be a bit of a fat waste of Oof, money. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, and I'm not even just saying that because of the penalty thing, even though he is um, a penalty merchant. Yeah. Um, he he also is I mean look take them for what you want but they're not they are sometimes right PFF has him at thirty three of thirty seven right tackles, um, and I mean you can just do the eye test as well it's not like he's over there bullying people um, I I I think that that is kind of a place where the Chiefs chose to make a big investment at right tackle um, and a wide receiver is. Uh, showing a big hole well, and not result. to and not to make this go on too long but when they made the signing we were all kind of assuming that was a splash for left tackle that they were going to yeah, move him over exactly. to the left side of the field and then all of a sudden in may so well after free agency after the draft they're like you know what we'll just get donovan smith who is also a penalty yeah. problem it's like that yeah green bay's got a pro or not green bay excuse me well green bay showed last night that uh, Kansas City's got a problem at both left and right tackle. The interior is fine, and that's why Kansas City runs the ball well, is because Humphrey, mm-hmm. Smith, and Tooney are great. It's the tackle play that's not as great, and obviously, you know, that, that showed up last night in the red zone multiple times when Kansas City had to settle for three. Okay, enough talking about that. We've got to move on. Sunday night football, Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I said I learned my lesson earlier with the Niners, but I didn't learn my lesson, I guess, because I'm going Eagles underdog of the week. But come on. Like, you can't it, do that. Why? What like, the fuck? Dallas' favorite? I thought that was Eagles. You know, oh, it's, my it's God. It's Dallas minus three and a half. I'm taking oh, Philly my. underdog of the week. Well, I can 100% do that. Yes. Yeah, you can. That's the freest fucking pick of all time. I don't think it's the freest. I mean, Philly's got Philly's. glaring issues. Lane Johnson is not healthy right now, and that's big for them. And this is a huge game for Dallas, considering Philly won the first time. But yeah, I mean, I don't understand how this is three and a half. I would make this like Dallas minus two. I think the value is on both the line and the money line for uh, Philadelphia in this game. And let's yeah, be Philly's honest. Yeah, Philly's plus one fifty. Let's be honest. 
when a good team like Philadelphia gets absolutely schlacked like that, partially, I don't want to say they were looking ahead because you don't want to look ahead of San Francisco, but that game meant more to San Francisco than it meant to Philadelphia. San Francisco was pissed off after last year. They came in, you could tell. This game, this is the division. Like, it's Philadelphia wins this, and the division's over. And beating Dallas is like Philly's main goal every single regular season. So I like Philadelphia here. Um, I think we're buying, I think the books are buying too hard into the Cowboys because, like, again, who have they beaten that's over 500? And the answer is nobody. They have nine wins, and none of those teams that they've beaten are currently over 500. I don't know. I like Philly in this spot. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I like Philly in this. I think this is a get-back game for the Philly. Uh, not Philly, it's the Eagles, excuse me. But I will say Dallas played really good, uh, had a really good offensive showing against yeah. the Seahawks last week. So I don't know. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I think the Eagles get this done pretty easily. I'm going to take Dallas to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a bit of a Dallas hater this year, um, and I'm still not a big believer. Um, but I think that we need to start – Stop looking at the Eagles and the Niners as like a top tier and start looking at the Eagles and Cowboys as like the second tier. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think these two teams kind of fall into that. And I think, especially when the, with the uh, injury problems the Eagles have now, I'm not sure if Goddard's still out or not. Um, He's but that's obviously harming them as well. Um, yeah, I, I would love um, – I still wouldn't hate Eagles plus three and a half just because of, you know, the nature of the game – um, I think you can get it three points either way, um, but I'll take Dallas. And they they put up a great fight at the link uh, and barely didn't pull it off. Um, it was a bit of a Dallas-type loss, yes. um, but maybe they right, the, right their wrongs at Jerry was world, which they had a fantastic game last year against the Eagles, so looking forward to this one. It was Gardner Minshew last year, but yeah. And it was still a fantastic it game still like, was to a watch. Game. Yeah, it was a good, yeah. it was a good game. Um, okay, well, this week there are two Monday night games because instead of yeah, why why instead of why when you could have one shitty Monday night game, why not have two shitty Monday night games? Is what the league says. And the first one is my Packers at the Giants, and my Packers are six and a half point favorites. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm unless Green Bay just absolutely feels like they're the shit this entire week and doesn't prepare well, I don't see a scenario where Green Bay doesn't win this game. And I also don't see a scenario where Green Bay misses the postseason at this point. This, the schedule just broke their way late. You get the Giants, Panthers, Bucks, Vikings, and Bears. Last night was the only game left on the schedule that I thought Green Bay would lose. And they were able to come out and take advantage of a, a Kansas City team not playing too great. But I think it has to be said, this Green Bay team is actually not that bad. And I am fully... I hate to say it because I'm going to get crushed for saying it. Um, my my hopes and dreams eventually will get crushed for saying it. But I'm fully on Jordan Love being the franchise guy in Green Bay. Like I last night, some of the throws he was making. I know he had some luck that backward that you know throw fading away on fourth and one that Dobbs tracked down. But then the next throw to Watson where he just fucking zipped that thing in there. Like I'm fully in on him. I think Matt Lafleur has done a great job with the youngest roster in the league. Uh, and I like Green Bay to beat the Giants pretty easily. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was reading something about Copa America. <laughs> um, give me the Packers very easily. I I truly was thinking about making this my lock of the week. But the Packers, like, 
the way they beat the Chiefs isn't going to be the way they beat the Giants. Obviously, I think they can. They know they can come out and just go full pedal the metal and not hold the ball away from the Chiefs. I think six and a half is fine. But with that being said, I mean this Giants team has won two games in a row, so you never know. Any given <laughs> yeah, Sunday, yeah, even yeah, on a Monday. Um. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. I think they're kind of playing with some confidence now too. They got a little bit of swagger going. Um, and yeah, Jackson, I agree. I think Jordan loves, looks like a competent quarterback. I don't know how much if I want to put him, I mean, look, every broadcast always when he plays well, does the whole far Rogers love oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thing. Um, and I think, I don't think he's quite to the, to the, um, no, no crazy level that those two are at, but it definitely is a solid transition. Um, and he's look, the last time the chiefs played him, you remember what happened. Um, comparing that to this one, it's leaps and bounds. Um, so he's definitely shown signs of significant development. Uh, so I'll take the Packers. He mentioned that too in his post game. I don't know if you guys saw that. That he was really he had this one circled because he was embarrassed by how bad the Chiefs made him look in the first time that they played. Mm-hmm. But, they made him look freaking terrible. And you know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a good moment for him. I mean, it really was. The Chiefs' defense hadn't allowed 27 points to anyone. That's the highest amount of points anybody scored on Kansas City. So, I'm I'm high on Green Bay right now. And this year really isn't even supposed to be a year Green Bay is competing. And yet, as of right now, they're in the playoffs. It, it's been a wild turnaround it, from three and six to six and six. It has been unreal. Um, I'm ready to get my hopes absolutely crushed in January, but. For now, I'm feeling good. Okay, other Monday night game, and both start. I just realized this. Both start at the same exact time. What the fuck? Um, Titans at Dolphins. Dolphins are 13 and a half point favorites. I really consider taking Titans plus 13 and a half here. I just think Vrabel as a dog of this many points is typically profitable, but I just it's the Tyree kill effect. I'm too scared to do that. The Dolphins can hang 14, 21 points up on you in an instant. Uh, so I'll take Miami to win. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Tennessee hung around for a little bit, but ultimately Miami should cruise to this. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you have to realize Titans aren't above 500, so therefore the Dolphins will kill their a- kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, give me the Dolphins. I think they can easily uh, win. I don't know about the cover. I wouldn't touch anything bigger than 10.5 usually. Yeah, that's where I was at. 13.5, I was like, oof. Yep. Uh, I would take the Dolphins to cover. They love blowing people out. Um, I think they're just set up to smash the uh, the little guys. So I'm yeah. going to take them. That's what they I, do. I was just being a hypocrite because I literally had the Dolphins minus nine and a half yesterday. Uh, really, yeah. what's the and difference that was between the, it, Cruiser? Yeah, yeah. Which it's was always funny. good when you know your lock of the week hits oh, in like easy, the first yeah. quarter. It's, it's funny. Such a good feeling. That's listening. how I felt yesterday. I was with you on that and minus nine and a half. And then I was listening to a podcast and they were like, commanders plus nine and a half is the play. They were like bad weather up in like cold weather in Maryland. That's where Tua doesn't play well. And I was like, oh shit, the sharps are against Josh. And then I watched like five minutes and I was like, okay, yeah, Josh has this in the bag. Uh, But yeah, this is, this is the last real Monday shitter that we have for a while. Next week, Eagles at Seahawks could be entertaining. I I don't think, thank God they flexed the chiefs out of it. The week after is Christmas, which the Monday night game is Ravens at 49ers, which I believe is a Super Bowl preview. We'll see. 
And then I think the last Monday night game of the year is Chargers Broncos, which those t- the Chargers never play a boring game on primetime. It, it's oh wait no never mind I I stand corrected there is no Monday night game that week that's just the Sunday night game okay yeah uh, should be yeah so gotta get through this week with shitty Monday night football um, okay well we don't have a ton of time on our hands so we can just go ahead and wrap it up with D four to the week for this yes week's can episode. I please go first you can go yes. Uh, my D four of the week <laughs> is Nick P- Pizza. Mike it's Piazza. It's the guy that no Nick. P- it might be Nick Piazza. Nick Piazza. It's the guy that uh, fractured his fibula and dislocated oh, his knee in the Saints Lions game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that I'm was sorry, terrible. but that was terrible to watch. But I couldn't stop laughing because. <laughs> That guy just woke up and thought going to work just any other day, and he left in a stretcher. Did you see the, the medical report on him today? Yeah, he fractured his fibula. <laughs> I thought it said he dislocated his kneecap. He did that too. <laughs> Crazy. He did both. His, his leg was pointing in a different direction. That man was just Crazy. holding some chains. Yeah, it was a crazy-ass injury. And Alvin Kamara was just like standing there. This dude is in like absolute pain, and Kamara's just looking at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> John, who's your D four of the week? Um, all right, I'm gonna throw light a uh, light a match and then pour gasoline everywhere. Um, oh, my D four of the week is the people that voted Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Come it, on, man. I knew. It. No. Why do we have to no. watch Alabama? Like, let me tell you this. I I can even go as far as this. I just think we don't need to just put the power more into Alabama's corner. Like, if Alabama can have everything to have all the best players and every and all the money and all everything. They they have the world. Okay? And we're also just going to put them in the playoff because we don't want to watch Florida State third stringer even though they were undefeated and like I mean played a difficult enough schedule to deserve it any other year. They were um, 2 and 0 against the yeah. SEC. They beat LSU. Look, look, is is and Florida State better than Bama? No. no. Would Florida State beat Bama? No. But did they do more to get into the playoff? No. I would say yes. I will argue I this. Say don't I will argue this with you. I don't think Alabama or Florida State should have gotten in. I think Ohio State should have been fourth. When you look at team resume, Ohio, oh my State, God. Ohio State loses one game all year at Michigan. That's the best loss in the country. No team has a better loss than that. Alabama lost by double digits at home, a true home game. And we're putting them over a team that lost they by lost five by points, by five points at the number one team in the country. Th- that's why yeah. the Ford team because playoff has been I, stupid and why it had to go. It's because you lose a game to the number one team in the country on the road by five points and your season's over. That's ridiculous. Well, I, I think you have to also say Michigan was what, two? I know that doesn't make a big difference, but you can't say the number one team because they, are they also one, look at though. recency. Right now they are, but when they didn't, when they lost, they weren't. And I think you have to look at it this way: Alabama just beat a team that hasn't lost in three years. Shows you that they they were good. And we all know Georgia wasn't going to win. When we watched Missouri versus Georgia, we knew this Georgia team wasn't as good as people think. And yes, when Brock Bowers got hurt early in the game, that's not going to help you anyway. That's not going to help you better. But when you look at it. The committee knew Florida State can't win. Why the fuck are you saying, man, I'm pissed I won't be able to watch Florida State get ran Nobody's by Michigan? Nobody's saying that. Because, because uh, so I John didn't even say. Bama, like, John's not even saying he's pissed he can't watch Florida State. 
He's, okay, but saying you you're mad Alabama got in over Florida, Florida State, State is pretty much John John or Josh. Here's the thing: if I gave you the blank resume of both teams and didn't tell you who they were, but Jackson, would, it's not what picked, the committee looks you at. You would have picked the Florida State. Okay, that's not what the committee looks at. My thing is okay. My thing is right thing. now. Winston's... My well, okay. last thing I'm going to say before you chime in, John. My thing is right now: are we just saying the games don't matter? Because they just no. went thirteen and zero in a Power Five conference and went two and zero against SEC and non-con, and we're just like, "Whoops, sorry, we like Bama better." That's basically what they're saying: is they're like, "We know you went undefeated. We know you had an undefeated record against the SEC, including LSU, who had the Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels." But nah, you know, you had an injury, so fuck off. We're gonna put another team in. Also, also, isn't the committee supposed to like to put assign different values to like? Yeah, when you let a shitty team play you way closer than you should, because Alabama needed a goddamn god. The committee came out today and said they didn't think Florida State could win it all, and that's a very good point. Yeah. And, and, okay, and, and I think if they're thirteen and with George Travis, what people said the same shit about Ohio State in twenty fifteen. To be fair, I mean, yeah, and then they got second place. Yeah. John, they won the whole. So they won that. They had, their starting, they had their starting quarterback. They had their third string quarterback. Josh, if I told you Mizzou went thirteen and zero, but Brady Cook broke his leg, would you, piss off you, would, State would you argue Mizzou shouldn't be in the playoff because Sam Horn would have to be the quarterback? I, I doubt you would. I doubt I'd be you pissed. would. Exactly, I'd be you pissed. wouldn't. Be, and that's what I'm saying is from a neutral fan. Florida State would have gotten probably killed. They probably would have. But yes. everyone last year said TCU was going to get fucking killed by Michigan, and they won outright. Like, okay, you- but I'll say this. TCU had their starting quarterback. Yes, they lost the Big 12 championship, but when you look at their schedule last year, didn't they beat fucking Texas, who I know wasn't great, but Texas wasn't a dog shit program. They then, then they beat K-State last year in the first matchup. You are saying you are saying you are saying you are saying that going undefeated doesn't matter. It has no value. I think it does. And that's why well, well, where's the value in it? They won every game they had to, including two with a backup quarterback. Control them with their first string quarterback that everyone viewed as maybe a Heisman candidate. And then he gets hurt and it's like, okay. You know what? That really sucks for Florida State. They're probably not going to win the Natty, but at least they make the Let me ask you playoffs. this. If in the Pac-12 championship game, Michael Pinnex Jr. had a season-ending injury, but they went on to win the game, should they have been kicked out of the playoff? That, that, it makes a really good argument. But that's stupid. It's like that team deserves to be in. They have the resume. The thing is, this is why the whole 14... I think when the committee looks at it... This is why the, the committee looks system at it, was stupid as fuck from the I beginning. I agree. I never said you were wrong on that. When the committee looks at it, I think they see the dominance Florida State had against shitty teams with Jordan Travis. And then they play fucking Florida and fucking Louisville, which we all know are dog shits, and they can't barely beat them. Fuck! They were down to 13 to nothing to South Alabama. Um... Okay. But if you want to make that time, argument, I, Alabama was tied at halftime with USF this year. Alabama almost lost to fucking Auburn. So yes, what's your I, point? Like, you're talking about Florida State was close with shitty teams. You're saying Florida State was close because, with well, shitty teams. So was Alabama. Okay, but Alabama beat the number one team in the nation. What has Florida State done? Okay. They also lost at home. They also lost the game at home. They did. They did. And I think also, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing that comes down to. Playoffs. 
Here's here's the thing. No that team is ranked higher than them in the college football playoffs. And if Alabama okay. would beat Texas, Texas wouldn't be in. But at the same time, what I'm saying is, if let's say Texas never lost to Oklahoma and Bama beat Texas, Bama's in over Texas. Bama is higher than Texas, dude. I'm telling you, Florida State did not deserve to be in. I mean, look. Here's the here's the thing where it comes down to for me is if if you truly believe Florida State doesn't deserve to be in, then that basically means there's an inherent like power balance. That says, like, yes, because you are the little guy and you are not Alabama, like, even if you do everything you possibly can do to make the playoff, like, if your quarterback gets hurt, we're not sending you. Whereas Dude, Alabama's but that's literally literally the rule. That's, 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 you it can go to the, the fucking rule website. It is in the rule book, but here's my argument. Is So what? They're supposed to say, oh, no, never mind. No. We're gonna, it, actually, since we're, you're says, missing your best player. You, it says you have to consider the resume and that. But here's yeah, what I'm going to argue. I'm not even going to argue you Florida State here now. And, How can and, we say we have the best four teams in the country when Georgia is not in this playoff? Georgia only loss. If we're going to say Alabama beating Georgia is such a great win that it puts them up four spots, how can we in the same breath say, well, Georgia's out because they lost? I agree. That but is, that is horseshit. The, the other thing I have is even when Bama's at full strength, okay, like – with Florida State, with their third stringer, people are like, oh, they didn't blow out Louisville, even though they still won their conference championship. Whereas Bama, with their starter, should have lost to a team that lost to New Mexico State. And if we're doing all this fancy-schmancy, we're going to evaluate teams based on not having their quarterback, then we should also punish them for – we should also, like, put a different weight on, like, winning a game on bullshit. Like, we should be doing all of that if we're going to yeah, do all we should of be, these. If we can judge you based on think Bama, not having a when you we should be able to be like, well, you talking about Bama beating Auburn? Are you talking about Bama beating Auburn, John? You, uh, I, yes, he is. And what he's okay. – and, and what I'm and when saying, you and I agree it, with him, is that if we can say, well, that team isn't as good as their record is because Jordan Travis got hurt, why can't we say that team isn't as good as their record says because they won on a fucking miracle? Like, it's the same principle to me. Getting a yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's my exact point. I'll, I'll say this. I think when you look at it, the committee didn't want to put Bama below a two-loss Missouri because that's where they would have fell. And what? It, it wouldn't make any sense. A, a one-loss Bama who just had a bullshit one against Auburn below a two-loss Missouri. Now, am I? was I hoping for that as a Missouri fan? Hell yeah, I was. I'm not was even I saying they it? have to do that, Josh. I'm just saying they shouldn't get in the playoffs. I'm saying they should have stayed at eight for winning because they did win. Yes, and but, they did but, that. But it should be factored into them making the playoffs that it took that to beat a six and six, very mediocre. Bama uh, dominated Georgia. I'm I not, think that outweighs Bama barely beating Auburn because Bama went to a neutral site, beat a team that hasn't lost in three you years. Just said a key back national too. neutral what? site. Georgia loses yes. a neutral site game, not a home game. A neutral site game, and we kick them out of the playoffs. They've won. They haven't lost a game in three years. They lose one to a team that we think, "Wow, that win is so great. We have to put them in the playoff." But the team they beat can't be in the playoff. So obviously, the win isn't that fucking good. If we dropped, you know, if we dropped them to six, Georgia fell to six for losing that game. That's insane. It's insanity. The whole system sucks. It'll make much more sense when there's 12 teams. It I, Again, the, the people on the committee, there was no right answer. You put in Florida State, people are going to be so pissed off 
that they have to watch a backup quarterback. You don't put in I will Florida say State, this too. people are going to be pissed that you left a 13-0 ACC champ out. I'm pissed that we're not going to be able to talk about this anymore because... Oh, we will. I mean, 12, there's going to be debates between 12 and 13. Yeah, but uh, like 12 and 13, I don't give two shits about them. Yeah, I mean, I'm but just saying, it, it'll, say, it'll I mean, always exist. Five has a big difference. Four, you get a bye. Five, yeah. you have to play the 12 seed, which was, will be an on, will be a group of five. But there will still be debates and still be stuff, but it needed to happen. I I personally would prefer like an eight team over a 12. I think 12 is a little much, but I'd rather have a little more than not enough because right now the system is unbelievably broken. You lose one game to a fantastic team and you're out. Or you don't lose at all and you're out. I mean, it makes zero sense. I hate the way that it's run. Um, but I will say, with everything we've argued, Josh, and I know I know this goes against some of the things I've argued, but I think we're in for a fantastic playoff. I think these four teams I agree. are These are the very best four teams right now. And again, I could argue that I think Georgia's better than Texas, but that that's a different argument. You know, it, it is what it is. These are four really good teams, and I could see any of these four. I genuinely could see any of these four winning the national championship. Which we haven't had People ever. are going to say that Washington can't, but I really do think they can. Yep. I'm really excited for this game. Or not this game. These. Uh, oh, yeah. These it's, it is going to be. I think it's, it's going to be awesome. I think if Texas beats Washington, I don't, I don't even care. Whoever, whatever the natty is, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We won't get a 65 to seven, you know, and that's, and that's, you know what? One thing I need to say before we're done with this, I know we've rambled on about it. If 65 to seven doesn't happen last year, I think there's a better shot Florida State gets in because no. the committee, I think so, because the committee looked at it and they were like, maybe most deserving isn't, we shouldn't go off the of most deserving. Maybe we should go off of best because last year TCU was a one loss team, right? And people were like, TCU shouldn't be in the playoff. And in the national championship game, they got smoked. I do think if TCU competed in that game, there's a better chance Florida State made the playoff this year. But because of how badly they got beaten, they didn't want a repeat of that. And so they decided to keep them out. I do think there's something to that. Um, for my D4 of the week, I really don't... I mean, I was probably going to say something about the committee, but... Uh, Obviously, I can't do that, so um, I don't know. I really don't. I don't have a great one. The refs in the Chiefs-Packers game. Huh? Oh, the refs refs were horrible. I mean, I was pissed off every call. The the late hit on Mahomes was absurd. The the missed pass interference was absurd. Uh, Valdez Scantling didn't go out of bounds. Forward progress should have been ruled. The one I will give them a slack for, and I hope you would agree with this, is the the hail mary? They're never calling pass interference. They're no, ne- never I've never seen to. a pass. I've never seen a pass interference on a it's hail happened mary. I don't one know time. why. I've seen it one time, and you know who the quarterback was? Who? Tom Brady. That's the only time I've ever seen it happen. It, it yeah. just does not get called, even when it should. And remember earlier in the season when um, I think it was Buffalo like dragged someone on Tampa Bay down. Yeah. That is way more obvious than what happened than in this, what? Yeah. this Packers Chiefs. And they didn't call that. So it's just like, man, I get it. Refs are terrible. They were horrible in that sequence. But in that particular moment, I'm glad they didn't call it. And even Kelsey and Mahomes said it. They were like, yeah, like we, we've got no one to blame but ourselves. And that game was not decided by the refs. That game was decided by the Chiefs just not executing in the red zone. That's really what I 
would chalk it down to. Now, don't get me wrong. The missed pass interference on foul to Scantling, horrible. That was the most blatant, obvious pass interference you will see. But again, it's not like they were shit just one way. They were shit the entire last two minutes of that game. But that will wrap up today's episode. Appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you uh, come back next week for NFL Week 15. Peace.